podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome back to the UCL Fantasy Podcast. This is the second of a series of two going through the group stages. Last time we went through groups A to D and today we're going through groups E to H. Uh, it's coming on quickly, everyone. It's going to be around next week. Me and Dan are going to Milan, aren't we, to see Newcastle play in the first game, Champions League game for them in 20 years. I cannot wait, Ed. I'm absolutely buzzing for it. I had some pasta last night to celebrate. We are as well. We're going to be the prawn sandwich brigade because we've got like corporate tickets. We're not even in with you. Oh, I didn't know this. I let, mm. I booked the Airbnb. You booked the tickets. So I would have sat on the roof if I would have had to have. So yeah. thanks for that, Edward. That's all right. Uh, how are you, Lewis? You all right? Yeah, I'm okay. Really good. I'm glad the um, Chummies League is back, obviously. Uh, during moving, it's going to be really fun trying to watch that. So, yeah, really excited. Yep. And as you know, we did the first kind of stage of the group stage straight after the draw. So we talked about them since then the conversation on Twitter and other places about this game has kind of moved on a bit and there's been a few different things. So we're going to pick out them and we're also going to talk about uh, the next four groups uh, in which uh, one of them has Newcastle mine and dance team. So that's very exciting, but let's start with group E. So group E is a, is a, is a group consisting of Feyenoord, Atletico, Lazio and Celtic. So a good little group there of big, big name, all of them, big name teams, lots to talk about. But f- before we do, I want to say thank you. Thank you very much to everyone who has joined our mini league, nearly 400 people now, and everyone who's listened to our podcast so far, nearly it's heading towards 700 people already. So thank you very much. Um, do join our mini league. If you haven't already, there's a, you can win a PS five. If you win it, the lead, the league code is in the description, but back to group E group E Feyenoord, Atletico, Lazio, Celtic, Lewis, what are your initial reactions to this group? It's a it's, an, it's a really interesting group. This actually because there's a lot of a lot of team. Well, all of the teams there, I think, could could have some sort of chance. Maybe not so much Celtic, but I, d- I definitely do think Feyenoord, Atletico, and Lazio um, could bat, battle it out for the uh, for the top two spots. But but yeah, a, a really tough um, group to call. To be honest, um, you never quite know what you're going to get with Atletico as well so but yeah tough one Dan what, what are you thinking any, any kind of standout things that immediately jump to mind with UCL fantasy in mind yeah um for me Atletico Madrid have got off to a much better start than they have done last season when we sort of looked at them and thought prior to the Champions League you probably don't want to go near these also there's a lot less rotation at the back with Jimenez being injured and a couple of signings there, but also they've sold Carrasco, so that's no longer a headache at left wing back when he's always a midfielder on the game. So I think, actually, there's never been a better time to jump on Atletico Madrid players. I do appreciate Feyenoord are quite an attacking team, so you might want to avoid their fixtures, but I think a lot of people are going to be throwing in a chip on match day two to avoid that regardless. Uh, I've got differing opinions on Lazio. I appreciate the beat Naples uh, last well, not last week, it's been an international break, but the week before, the last game of Serie A, they did get beat off Napoli. But I think that's as much down to Napoli not performing. And they also beat them last year, but they haven't started the season prior to that particularly well. I think they've had some mixed performances and I don't give Celtic a, a hope or a prayer in this group personally. So, yeah, I think uh, Atletico Madrid defence instantly, but also because they won the last game 7-0, could... 
Could we go for some of the attackers? They've got a few of them to pick through. Uh, yeah, that's that's my initial thoughts. And which which uh, pick from Fire Nord is going to be the best at their price points? They're they're the two headlines I think from this. Brilliant. Uh, and just to kind of go on from what Dan just said there, there is a chip strategy he mentioned. Don't know what that is. Basically, you get a few chips in this game. You've got to think about how you play them before you pick your team, really. And we're going to do a whole podcast on that sort of thing that will come out before uh, either on Monday or even before. So that's exciting. And um, yeah, so um, Lewis, in terms of picks from this group for our teams, is there anyone we should be? Is there any players that we think are nailed? They're too good value to not to miss out. Is there any players we should avoid? What, 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 what do you think, Lewis? I think, to be honest, the Feyenoord are probably where I would personally look for for some options anyway. Atletico, like Dan, Dan mentioned, there's, there is a couple of options there. I think Savic comes in at, at the cheapest. Um, is it five million? I think he's yes, he is. Five million. Yeah, so, so he's obviously the cheapest playing um, defender for them, I think. I think the rest are kind of like five, uh, 5.56. Yeah. Um, you're right. But They've yeah, got Ronaldo yeah. at five million, but he's been injured for a while. I think he's back, yeah. but I don't think he's played any minute. If he, we don't know that he's going to play left-sided centre back or left wing back yet. With Carrasco leaving, Saul Niguez will probably play wing back there until he is fully fit. If by match day three or four, Ronaldo is five million playing left wing back for Atletico Madrid, get him in your team. Yeah, so he like he is definitely one to watch, but I just think. There's a couple of a couple of um, issues with the Atletico prices. There, the two well, they're too expensive. Um, I mean, Roger uh, De Paul is coming at seven million, which is probably one of the most pointless prices I've I've seen. Griezmann at ten point five seems a little bit too pricey. Um, obviously, we know how how good he can be, um, but I just don't think anyone's going to go there. But in terms of fine order, I think this is this is where you probably want to look at, especially because they're um, playing Celtic in match day one. Um, so I think if you're going to if you're going to target... Is that at um, home for Feyenoord? Yeah, yes. I think Feyenoord are at home. Yeah, so I think if you're going to look at any team in this group, it's going to be Feyenoord. You've got the likes of the, the full-backs look promising, so they're both 4.5. You've got Geertrude um, and Hartman. Um, Hartman got six goals and one assist last season, so he potentially the most attacking out of the two. Um, but yeah, you could go for any... Uh, there's a, center, a central midfielder, Timber. He's at five million. He got um, a goal and assist in his last two as well, and Weefer five million goal in his uh, last uh, game as well, or so recently. But there is one kind of standout asset there, and his name is Calvin Stangs. He's six million. He plays behind the striker. He picked up three goals and one assist in his last. Which two. club's that again? Sorry, just reiterate which club. So this is still final. So yep. uh, Calvin Stangs. So if you if you're gonna try and go for a cheap enabling midfielder, uh, similar to who we had, you know what we had with João Mario last season. You're mm. kind of that kind of player. Obviously we've got penalties and stuff. Um, but I, I do like I do really like Stangs. Um, I love this. Yeah, I love doing this like... pod by the way because I literally as you as you name players, I'm writing them down to kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's probably what the listeners are doing as well, unless they're probably you know. But you two are my are my brains for this game. So go on, carry on, sorry, Lewis. Yeah, sorry. Just just to kind of highlight Feyenoord. I think if when if you're if you're looking to and a lot of people are doing this, a lot of people are going to build a team around match day one. I, I would say to target a couple of Feyenoord assets because Celtic are so bad um, in, in the Champions League. And we saw that last season, you know, they got a few pastings and they got a, a massive pasting off Ajax last season as well. I'm not saying Feyenoord are as, are as good as Ajax, but I, I do think that we should be piling on yeah. their assets. 
Yeah, I think that uh, Celtic are a team that if they were at home, I'd think, oh, anything can happen. They're that sort of team with their with their um, atmosphere and everything. And but I know that hasn't always happened. But um, but away from home in the Champions League, yeah, not not a great record. What do you think, Dan? Any any sort of standouts? In fact, I'll change the question to who should we start with from this group and forget the chip strategy. Just if you were thinking, right. They know final playing Celtic is it a final players or anyone else other than Feyenoord assets that you'd think they've got to be in my team. Um, Savage was in my very first draft. He's not anymore just because I found better players. Um, but Savage was in my draft away at Lazio. I'm just a little bit nervous about <clears throat> potential red cards. But Morata, it's seven and a half million. He has a couple of goals. He's got three goals in his last three appearances. He wouldn't likely start, but Memphis Depay is injured. So it's likely going to be Morata and Griezmann up front. You can have Atletico Madrid got, starting um, seven He got a hat-trick for Spain the other day as well, didn't he? I think. Or he's, four, did he? Or something. He's turning it around. He's mm. he's on the comeback. Uh, a player to avoid would be, and this is a player that I've suggested on every other podcast I've done, is Jimenez. And the reason is he's actually suspended for the first two games. He got sent off against Roma last year, and I totally forgot. And I've been Key piece of information there, everyone. <laughs> I'll take him out of the team right now. <laughs> and I've been recommending him on every everything else. I'm like, oh, wait there a minute. He's suspended for two games. <laughs> this is why <laughs> this is the podcast to listen to, everyone. This is the why this is the podcast to listen to, because this is the one where Dan hasn't recommended him. And as he's told you, he's suspended for the first two games. Good loyalty, Dan. Carry on. Yeah, I, I've, I should have left him in. Uh, yeah, he. But I mean, he's had five goals. He's on pens. He's won a pen in his last three games, which is why people would likely go for him. But I agree with Lewis. Uh, Stengs is the, the pick uh, for match day one, in my opinion. If you wanted to go really bold, because Feyenoord have conceded in their last three games, their starting goalkeeper, Bio is injured. So they've got Velenreuther in goal, who isn't a very good goalkeeper, um, comparatively for a Champions League standard. So if you are to be the puntiest person alive, you could go for Furahashi, seven and a half million up front for Celtic. He he scores goals for Celtic and Feyenoord do look leaky at the back. I think Feyenoord win the game comfortably. They could win two, three, four, one, but I do think there is a goal in there for Furahashi somewhere. Okay, thank you. Before we leave Group E, Lewis, quick fire. Who's going to win the group? And then Dan. Ooh, I, it's a really tough one. Ed. This is uh, probably one of the toughest groups to call. Everyone will be uh, naturally drawn to Atletico, but I don't think that's going to be the case this season. They have started well, but I think I'm I think I'm going to back Feyenoord and Lazio to progress. Go on, Dan. Did you say Feyenoord and Lazio? That is brave. That I like it. Brave. That's what that's what we like. That's what we like. Go on, Dan. What are you thinking? No, I back bravery. I'm I'm not so brave. I'm going Atletico Madrid first, Feyenoord second. Okay, I'll go to be different. Fire uh, Atletico first because I think that will happen, and then Celtic will qualify and go through to the knockouts. <laughs> just, just to be different. Why not? Why the heck? What not? I um, what what I do want to mention, Ed. Sorry, just on Lazio. That's uh, all right. Go they for were, it. Yeah, they they were. I just want to mention because I don't think they've been kind of covered as well as they should have because obviously they've got off to a poor start to the season uh, this season, but they were excellent last season. And um, I do think that when it comes to Lazio versus Celtic, you have to back the Lazio assets. You're the likes of Immobile at 7.5 million forward and on penalties. He could be a, a great option. Again, another one, Felipe Anderson at 6.5. He was in double digits for attacking returns last season as well. So I do think if you're if you're looking at Celtic as a fixture to target and Lazio 
do naturally progress in terms of form, which they will. We will see them get better because they're so bad at the moment, but they can be really good. And um, I do think Lazio uh, should should um, should go unnoticed for that. Brilliant. That's Group E. I'm sure there's loads of other things to, to talk about, but we're trying to keep it succinct so that it is a listenable podcast, not a chore that you do when you're at school or university. Uh, let's go into Group F uh, quickly and then we'll take a break after Group F. But Group F is a very intriguing one for me and Dan, of course. Newcastle back in the Champions League, uh, first time in 20 years or whatever it is. And it has been dubbed, of course, the Group of Death this year. Paris Saint-Germain, Dortmund, AC Milan, and Newcastle United. So, Dan, because you're a Newcastle fan, I'm going to give you the first uh, comment on this group F. What's your initial thoughts? Try and remove the fact you're a Newcastle fan. What's your initial thoughts on this group? Wild. Absolutely wild. I think it it doesn't matter whether you're a Newcastle fan or not. I think everyone that saw this group got excited about it, except for the fans of other teams in this group. Milan fans were having meltdowns, cursing UEFA coefficients left, right and centre. How are we pot three? It's such an exciting group. Um, Nerve-wrackingly enough for Newcastle, I think there's going to be quite a bit of counter-attacking football and we know that we don't do too well with that. PSG look, for me, much stronger than what they have done in previous seasons. Dortmund are looking uh, like Dortmund. Really, really inconsistent. Uh, actually, quite weak at the start of the season. Milan have started well, and we've been very up, then very down. So, there's, it's all to play for in this group. It's going to be so, so difficult for anyone to progress. But I think these are going to be the games that neutrals are going to want to watch, and that's really exciting to be a part of. Hundred uh, percent. There's a there's a, as a Newcastle fan, I know, I know. I'm try I'll try not to talk about Newcastle only, but there's a couple of kind of funny little storylines as well. I mean, just imagine Killian and Mbappe running at Dan Burn, Tenali, <laughs> of course, back to going back to AC Milan when he, of course, was is from there. Fan. He wanted to be the captain. He said he was never going to leave, and then he left, and now he's going back straight away, pretty much. <laughs> and then uh, also Botman, who almost joined AC Milan, and they were gutted, and they've AC Milan fans hate us because we got him and. It would be great yeah. to see him score past Ace Milan. Anyway, so many stories. Isak back to Dortmund. He, of course. He back to Dortmund. You've got yeah. a couple of exiting players against AC Milan players. Loads of it. Pulisic back to Dortmund. Class. Right. Yeah. Um, Lewis, what are your initial? You, you can bring some sort of sense of sensibility here because uh, you're not a Newcastle fan. So go on, give us this objective view. What are you thinking of this group? My my objective view is literally just to not touch this group with a barge pole at all. Like I I don't want to back any assets in this group, and I, I'm trying. Is that to, because to... is that because just anything could happen, and you just any game yeah. anything could happen? Yeah, I'm trying to put that as 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 less blunt as I can. Um, but I think I I genuinely don't know who's going to progress. Like we could see we could see Newcastle pull off a couple of surprises with the crowd. You know, these are these are big stadiums, big crowds, and great atmospheres and. I, I can't call any game, whether it's home or away. I just haven't got a clue. And uh, for that reason, I don't think I'm going to be probably backing, backing any assets from this group. I think Mbappe is injured for the first game. I think Tenale could miss the first game as well. Um, yep. so there's a couple of key key players there. So if you're looking at Mbappe for first game against Dortmund, um, then I don't think he's going to play it. And you know what all the people on Twitter are going to say, because remember when Tenali signed, everyone said he's miserable, he didn't want to leave, look at the pictures. They're all going to say Tenali's faking an injury just so he doesn't have to play AC Milan, <laughs> you know, go back. But but I'm sure that's not true. 
Um, yeah. Okay. So what, what about coming back to you, Dan, just, is there any, are you in a similar camp to Lewis where you just think stay away from this group or are there some players that, or maybe this is going to be a really high scoring group or is it going to be a low scoring group? What do we pick players from this group, Dan, help us. Uh, in terms of players from this group, I think you'd have to go for PSG. Dortmund have not started well. I don't even know if they've won a game yet this season. Um, I don't have all the scores in front of me, but they've been really struggling against poor teams. I think they might have maybe won one and drawn a couple, but against really bad teams. Um, so I think we should be targeting Dortmund. In my opinion, Dortmund are going to finish bottom of this group if they continue to play the way that they've been playing at the start of the season. They do look weaker without Jude Bellingham in there. Uh, they've also lost Rafa Guerrero, who's really important. He's going to buy in Munich. So PSG, we've seen these Mbappe injuries before where they say he's going to be out and then he rocks up and he does start. If that's the case, then I think Mbappe is a great pick. But even more so, if he is playing, Marco Asensio is an 8 million midfielder playing up front and he's been scoring goals for PSG. He's an out-of-position midfielder. If this was FPL and you had an 8 million midfielder playing as the striker and it actually working and him actually scoring goals, it, you wouldn't even think twice about it. Let me just write that down. Who, who was that again? I, did, oh, I, just, I just looked Marco inside. Marco Asensio on oh, a free yeah. transfer from Real eight, Madrid. 8 million. I didn't even realise he'd gone from Real Madrid. Right, okay, he's there, is free he? transfer. So, yeah, if, um, so he's, for me, the standout pick from, from this group. Uh, as long uh, as well as Mbappe. If you wanted to go for someone like Hakimi, six million, very, very pricey, but we all know what he's capable of. Paris Saint-Germain's defence is very good this year. Donnarumma in goal. They've got Skriniar and Marquinhos as centre-backs. They've got Hakimi at right-back and they've got Lucas Hernandez at left-back. It's very defensive. Hakimi can bomb on and then they'll have sort of three centre-backs playing there. Uh, so this should be a little tighter if you did want to maybe go for Hernandez at five or Hakimi at six. I probably wouldn't waste it on one of the two centre mids at five and a half because they are neither here nor there price-wise. Uh, we don't know the price of Moana yet. So Moana's got to come into the game. Moana? Moana? Isn't that, isn't that a Disney film or something? <laughs> it, it is. With the he, he looks pretty hench on the posters I've seen. I haven't seen the film, so I, I might pick him. But go on. Yeah, I don't think he'll do a good job up front, to be honest. Uh, Centre-back, though. Rock bottom, some forwards. Good feet for a big one. Yeah. Yeah, Great feet. Great first touch. Mawani isn't in the game yet. He hasn't played yet. So I think everyone can get the Dortmund game out of Asensio. After that, who knows? We're going to have to keep an eye out on when Mawani comes in. But he could be a really good pick. Just depends on his price. Gonçalo Ramos has not been playing. I would avoid the Dortmund players in full. I would definitely avoid the Newcastle players. The only one that is even remotely looking sparkly to me is Anthony Gordon because he's five and a half million and we will get to see the early the early news, but I still wouldn't pick him away at the San Siro. I think there's better picks. Dan, um, Dan, Dan, you've got to have a Newcastle player. Even I just one as a token. When Newcastle I'm fans come on. Now, I'm absolutely not having a Newcastle player. I can player guarantee yet. you I will have at least one. Um, Minter and That's my yeah. I was going to say Yaku. I was going to say that Yakuba Minter Feyenoord. He has, if you don't know, we signed him for seven million pounds uh, this summer. He has gone on loan at Feyenoord and he scored two goals or something. And then the other day he scored for whichever country he plays for. Can't remember uh, <laughs> on his debut. Ghana, I think. Ghana? No, I don't think it's Ghana. No, I think it, I can't remember. But anyway, and it sparked a, a comeback, and they drew two two. Anyway, 
forget that because he probably won't play in the Champions League. I don't know, but one to watch out. AC Milan, right? Put a sick six million or something. Is that not a good choice? He seems to have started seven. pretty well. Is he seven? Seven, is he? and he's he's done all right, but. Seven million. How many goals do you think Pulisic's getting against Newcastle when we've got an all right defence? Yeah, the thing is, every t- with Pulisic, I think he's going to be really good at AC Milan. I always thought, whenever he seemed to play for Chelsea or come on, he always used to score or do something. He always used to seem pretty decent. I think he's going to do really well at Milan. I might punt on Pulisic. I have done in Serie A fantasy. So we're well. going to be stood in a stadium next to each other. Uh, not in our Newcastle up. shirts, by the way, because we're not allowed to wear them there. That's fine. And um, with a glass of Amarone in hand, and yep. we are going to be cheering, you are going to be cheering on a Christian Pulisic goal. No chance. Well, uh, yeah, good point. Lewis, no. question, for, question for you. We'll get out of this Newcastle rabbit hole. Yeah. Teo Hernandez, trap or essential? Again, I just wouldn't. I, again, I just think any. I love how pure me. Lewis is on this. Usually, Lewis is like this, this, this. This group, he's just no, shut no. down. Yeah. Nothing. Just shut him down. Yeah, and, and I can I can talk about any group, any player, any team in the world, but I just look at this group and think absolutely not touching that at all. I, I mean, I agree with some of the picks that Dan's Dan's picked out. You know, as you mentioned, mentioned Pulisic. Obviously, you've got him in my Serie A team. He's a serious fantasy team he's done he's had a really good start but in terms of potential in any of these matches i just i, I don't i don't see it there's there's other places i would want to put my budget than any player any player at all in this group yeah okay well let's take a quick break and we'll be back uh, to talk about group g and group H. Welcome back. So, Group G, we move away from Newcastle now. Don't worry, everyone. Uh, we've got Man City, RB Leipzig. Those two names must keep bring, bring back memories for you, Dan. Man City and RB uh, Leipzig. Five goals for Haaland last year. You didn't even own him and everyone else captained him. But anyway, Man City, Leipzig, Red Star Belgrade, who are now called Cervezna Crevesda or something. And That sounds like a Harry Potter spell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sylvester Crevester. Yeah, exactly. That's how Harry's mum died. And then Young Boys, which sounds like some sort of... Well, let's not talk about that. So, uh, yeah. Lewis, uh, let's, what are your initial thoughts on this group? And by the way, yeah, sorry, before good. we say that, why why are Red Star Belgrade now called Crevesta Stavesda or Avada Kedavra, whatever it is? I think Savannah Stavesda is how it is said in serbian but why is that only just become a thing i've never seen that before uh, i think lots of places are going through change i think obviously with it being old yugoslavia there might have been something to do with that like india are trying so it's like geopolitics we're not going to get into that okay more than likely geopolitics there's not a simple answer got you right sorry back to you lewis group g go for it yeah so without actually divulging into the different assets that are available in this group i just just the general overview is that the the favourites are, without a doubt, Manchester City and Leipzig. I, we, we've seen um, young boys in the past, although they, you know, they, they can nick at the odd result. They've finished rock bottom of the last two campaigns. So I, I just feel, again, without going into assets, Manchester City and Leipzig should top this. And I think with ease as well. OK, and Dan, what, what are your initial thoughts on Group G? Anything different uh- or...? Pretty much the same as City and Leipzig favourites. Uh, I, I honestly, genuinely, I'm so sorry, know nothing about uh, Sven Asvesda, uh, other than like old school information from when we were kids, Ed, from like the last time 
we were in the Champions League. It was like sort of around that side. Um, young boys forever live in the memory for beating Manchester United 2-1 on the opening day a couple of years ago and I think they drew the away leg as well so they are capable of a result uh, I think this man City team is very very different to that Manchester United team uh, I I totally agree City Leipzig to run away and I know that we're not really doing group predictions right now but I do think young boys will finish ahead of Red Star but uh, I, like I care Brilliant yeah so, so basically there's no sort of so- we don't think there's going to be a surprise here. It's basically what no. people, most people would pick. But what are the, are there any budgets? Are there any must-haves? Are there are there any avoids? Go for it first, Lewis. I think what I'll do is I'll probably, I'm probably going to head to Leipzig first um, because Manchester City is probably a little bit too obvious. Obviously, there's great Manchester City obvious, uh, assets. But so, yeah, I've, I've watched all of the uh, Leipzig matches so far. And I've been pretty, really impressed with what they did. They finished five or six points off Bayern last season, and although Bayern didn't have a great season, Leipzig were were also really impressive. So, yeah, I, I really like the fullbacks here um, for uh, Leipzig. The they played young boys on the first day. Um, they they've got Raum. He's at four point five million. He he's been he's re, he's been really creative lately. Um, so he's picked up two assists in his last three. He's picked up assists for, for Germany in the Olympics. That. Euros and all that sort of stuff. Uh, their other fullback, um, Henriks, he's as creative. It's a bit of a headache actually as to who to pick between those two because I've spoken to uh, German football fans and they're recommending Henriks, but when I've watched the games, I, I kind of I'm drawn to Raum. But either way, both great picks for the fullbacks. Henriks, he ha- he's scored a goal and picked up two assists in his last. Uh, his last four matches so he's kind of he looks offensively great yeah they, 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 the, the the central midfielders Campbell and Schlager both coming at 5.5 million probably fine for recoveries and the odd goal and stuff um, Opender striker 7.5 million got seven goals in pre-season two goals in his last three so he looks great as well it is worth mentioning that the standout option here was originally Danny Olmo um, he was a seven seven million pound midfielder, and I, I, for me, probably the best price for what you were going to get in terms of price and points. I think he was probably one of the best midfielders in the game, alongside maybe Jude Jude Bellingham. But yeah, he's injured; he's going to miss the game. The one player I do want to highlight more than anyone is Xavi Simons. Um, he's 20, 20 years old. He's six point five million in the game. For me, he is. I'm looking forward to watching him play more than anyone. And I'm also he's a he's a must go. buy in uh, fantasy. What's it called? Not fantasy. A football manager as well. He becomes incredible. So once again, they've <laughs> nailed it. But uh, yeah, go, carry on. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he he's been brilliant. I think what what slightly when I was watching his his the Leipzig games, I saw him um, I saw him really creative. He was assisting, but. I want. I really wanted some goals from him, and he and he ended up providing that. So he ended up scoring two goals and three assists in his last two matches. So he looks explosive, and I think you look at the likes of Taram at six point five million. We've discussed, discussed him on another pod. Okay, he's not as advanced, but in terms of form, price, team, and opponent, I think you he is one play. You kind of have to just have to interject. Play. Yeah, yeah. Just interject and say Taram out of position six point five million. He's a forward for Inter Milan, but he's classified as a midfielder in this game. I th- I'm sure we did mention him last week, but it's w- worth mentioning again. He's picked up a lot of traction in the community as this amazing option. Will you two, just yes or no, very quickly, have Turam in your team? Yes. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. 
there we go. So if anyone's listening, I will as well. Just I d- thought we didn't make that clear enough last week because I came <laughs> off the back of it. I came off the back of it and I was like, hang on, did we say that? I couldn't remember. So there you go. It's clear now before we get accused of not saying it. Go on, Lewis, carry on. Yeah, so in, in terms of Leipzig, I, I think, again, they've looked really, really strong from what I watched. I watched them in the Super Cup against Bayern as well and they um, dismantled them 3-0. It looked convincing. You know, we're talking about Bayern here and they, and, uh, they just completely... Um, Played them off the park. So for me, the Leipzig assets for that first match day, especially, I think you have to look at uh, Xavi Simons and at least one, well, I'd say one fullback. Um, as to which one, who knows? I think it could be a 50 50 call. Okay, brilliant. And Dan, is there any other avoids or must haves or just interesting options in this group that we need to make sure our listeners know about? I agree with Lewis in a sense that uh, Heinrichs and Raum are the best picks defensively. However, Blasvich at four and a half million as a goalkeeper just offers a great choice as a four and a half million Tuesday goalkeeper because some people may want that budget to then afford a more expensive goalkeeper or they want to afford money elsewhere. Goalkeepers are really overpriced and I don't think they offer great value in this game unless it's Diego Costa saving three pens in a row and getting an assist. So, you kind of just want to get the most bang for your buck with the goalkeepers. And I think at four and a half million, he provides a really, really good option. If I was to pick between Heinrichs and Raum, I'd go Heinrichs. He is an option for me. And I also have Simmons in my team anyway. He's he's there uh, in I can't see him going anywhere for six and a half million against young boys. So yeah, that I think Blasvich is just the only one that it I still think Heinrichs is a better pick. And so is round, but it depends on the structure of your team and what you want. So if you are desperate for a four and a half million goalkeeper, then Blasvich is a really good choice. Brilliant. Um, okay, so I think that anything else you want to say on Group G before we move on? I'd say for Man it's... City, we'd probably just need to quickly touch upon them because of people course. are going to want Oh, yeah, player. them. Who are they? Ugh, Who? Yeah. Because I think people might want Triple Man City against Savannah's Vesta. It's, it's a guess. That's a guess. I am being very, very yes. assumptuous. Um, in to be assumptuous is to make an ass out of you and umptuous, but never mind. Yeah. A kanji five umptuous. million. I hate umptuous. Sorry, go on. Uh, who likes umptuous? Mm. A kanji five million. I'd say is the best pick because I think him and Diaz are going to be nailed as the centre backs with Stones being injured, Ake being injured. And with Walker and Gvardiol playing left-back, right-back and one of them sliding across. But Rico Lewis could come into this game because that just seems very peppy to do and like a good game to do it in. Sergio Gomez could come in. So I think as the two main centre-backs, those two feel the safest and Kanji's just 0.5 cheaper than Diaz. I do think Diaz likely gets maybe a few extra points over the course of the group stage on him, but like that matters. Lots of people going for Rodri at six and a half million. I can see why with a couple of goals and an assist this season already. Plus he's going in the Champions League final. Just seems to be on a hot streak and one of the and, best players and in the world. And reminder that it's different to FPL. You get these points for All interceptions. So defensive that, midfielders are an option in this game. Sorry, Dan, carry on. Know that you are, you are bang on. The, the issue is with this game, I don't know how many he's going to get against Red Star Belgrade, but also... If they do play with, he's historically played as one in there to do all the heavy lifting. If they play a double pivot, whether that's the fullback tucking in or just a player such as Kovacic, who I think it might be injured, uh, he's got a half those ball recoveries. He's going to share them, which is something. Maybe, so maybe this actually isn't the best game for a Rodri. So you might want to go into Foden territory, Doku territory. 
Um, I think the major talking point, though, because I have seen this in on the Scout community page that Lewis does with the expert team reveals, I've seen some Alvarez over Haaland's. So, Lewis, I'd like you to talk to me about Alvarez over Haaland, Haaland over Alvarez. Uh, spoiler, I am never going against Haaland again in my entire life. Dan Scard. Dan Scard. Go on, Lewis. Forever. Try and Try and argue. Not that you have to, but why have these people gone against Haaland and gone for Alvarez? Yeah, I, I, I know who it is um, that did that, actually, and I'm pretty certain he will be um, finding a way to get Haaland. So you just don't go, you just don't go without Haaland. You know, he, the, the problem, the thing is with Haaland, he is so well-owned and, and, and I don't tend to play ownership um, in Champions League fantasy. Maybe that's why we, we do all right at it. But I just, I just think there's, there's, there's ownership and then backing against the best striker in the world. He's the best finisher. He could score a hat-trick in any match against anyone. Uh, you just don't back against him. Um, just put him in and then sort the rest of your team out. Happy days. You just don't. I just don't think Alvarez, Alvarez is a good option in addition to Haaland. You know, Foden, again, another option. But in terms of um, Alvarez, he's a great option at a good price. But Jesus, don't do not do that. <laughs> don't, put him don't do a Dan. It's called doing a Dan. If you leave out Haaland and he hauls, it's called doing a Dan. Um, I've just decided. So there you go. Gracias, okay. darling. <laughs> that's right. Uh, so that's Group G. So Man City triple up. Obviously, this a lot of these picks, by the way, things we're saying, like triple up for a Man City, you'd probably do it anyway, but they do revolve around your chip strategy. There's a lot of people going for picking a Game Week 1 team, and then they're going to use a chip in Game Week 2, whether it's a Limitless or whether it's a wild card. And we're going to talk about that in depth. If you don't understand that, or you want to hear more on that, we are going to be releasing a podcast, probably Sunday or Monday, don't know, where we talk about our teams, we're going to give you a little team reveal and then also um, chip strategy and things like that because it is vital in this game. As Dan said last episode, this is only how many how many match days is this? The Champions 13. League? 13, 13 match days. So you, it's not like FPL where you can just go and decide as you go what's going to be best. You kind of got to decide before you pick your team. So uh, another complication there for you if you're new. It's not really complicated, don't worry. Let's move on to Group H. This group has Barcelona, Porto, Shakhtar and Antwerp. That's Barcelona, Porto, Shakhtar and Antwerp. Lewis, <laughs> what are your initial thoughts? I've seen quite a few team reveals on Twitter and stuff by good players who are tripling up on Barcelona. Why are they doing this? Well, I think they, they are heavy favourites for the group. I, 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 part, of me, part of me thinks that they're going to they're gonna top the group with ease, but another part of me thinks that there could be a couple of awkward games in there for them. I do think Porto could be one of them. Uh, and on that, I think Porto will will probably finish second. Um, but yeah, in terms of this group, I think similar to Manchester City and Leipzig in, in the previous group, I think Barcelona and Porto are, are pretty much favourites for this. Yeah, OK, Shakhtar Donetsk could be a little bit awkward, but I just I just don't feel like they've got enough to, to get second place at least um, ahead of the likes of Porto. Um, so, yeah, that's where I'm at. I think Barcelona top the group and I think Porto come second. Dan, um, will you be tripling up on Barcelona assets? Um, uh, potentially. I've currently got a double up. I am trying to change. I, I might change that double up for a different double up. Uh, so I've got to look at that. I think I, I kind of want to start with Shakhtar because there's only one player, maybe two, that I'd recommend. But let's say one. 
in this, I actually have this player in my team. And it's Riznik, who was a 4 million starting goalkeeper. Mm. And he's at home to FC Porto in the first game. Porto aren't exactly the most dazzling attacking team in the world at the moment. They've not scored more than two goals in a game this season, I don't think. And they're away from home. They're playing against Shakhtar, who are a good team, who have caused upsets in the past, and it's a Tuesday fixture. So I get to just spend four million on a, go- a goalkeeper for Tuesday, roll the dice, and then I get Jan Sommer for the second game. I just feel like that's a good budget management for the rest of my team. Um, I'm fine with it. Like, there's not like there's loads of other goalkeepers I'm desperate for, and it allows me to spend more money elsewhere. So Riznik, four million starting goalkeeper for Shakhtar Donetsk at home to FC Porto on a Tuesday, it just feels fine to go with that. Uh, but yeah, in terms of Barcelona, Gundogan was injured, but it looks like he's going to be fit now. I think the major picks here that people are going to be looking at, other than Lewandowski, who was a bit out of sorts at the minute, Xavi doesn't play football to suit Lewandowski at all. He's got two goals and an assist, and one of them was a penalty. He did win the penalty, obviously. It's classic Lewandowski, loves winning a pen. So as much as I want him for Antwerp at home, it just feels like a game that you should 100% own Robert Lewandowski for, and I am going to try and own him. Uh, it, it is a bit of a struggle at 10.5 million because he's just that little bit up from Osman. He's that little bit up from Harry Kane, where I think a lot of people have those two in, and trying to find that point million might be tough. Defensively, if we look at them, they've signed Cancelo, six million, who has historically been a cheat code on this game. He has been, I think, the best defender on this game since I've been playing this game in terms of consistency. He's not had the best scores. He's not had a Grimaldo, a Talia Fico, or an Angelino um, like level of score. But every week, it's nine to 13 points. He's absolutely ridiculous for Man City. And I'd like to see that again for Barcelona. Six million is quite pricey. Koundé seems to be a very popular option. But I think with Cancelo coming in, for anyone that's looked at his heat map, getting into the midfield quite a lot. I can't see that happening so much anymore if Cancelo's playing. I think he's going to be the player to do that. But at five million, as well as Christensen, they both look pretty nailed on. And I think five million for a Barcelona defender against Antwerp is just clap your hands level stuff just get them in yeah and i assume antwerp lewis are in a void there's no bargains to be had there in this group or anything yeah pretty much um in terms of their defense they're actually missing quite a few key players to injury sam vine fullback injured toby alderweireld remember him he is five million center back playing for antwerp he's also injured so i imagine he'll be a pretty big loss for Antwerp. I just think it's a tough task for, for Antwerp to, to go to, to Barcelona, who, by the way, would probably have the strongest defensive record in the in Europe, actually, last season, especially at home. I think they, they picked up like... 20, yeah, I think they picked up like 26 clean sheets and they only conceded 20 goals, and a lot of them were towards the last stage of the season. So I think if you, if you go into invest in Barcelona... Firstly, of course, um, is Lewandowski. He penalty taker. You know, we, we can I can say we can say how many goals that Lewandowski scored, but it's just not necessary. He just scores lots of goals every season, and he's he's the focal point to the attack. So I think he could have um, a field day, especially with the loss of the Antwerp um, regulars. And in terms of defence, Dan nailed it. Koundé, I just think it's it's at five million. You you can't really get a better option in terms of like. You, 
it's pretty it seems pretty nailed that they're going to keep a clean sheet what i will say about christensen he does seem to be kind of getting the odd um substitute here and there um like i think the game before last he was subbed off at half time i'm not too sure if that was a knock or if just because he was pretty poor that game as well after watching the highlights so maybe it was that so i think if you're going to pick one you have to go for kunde yeah, Dan was right in terms of XG. He's uh, Kunde accumulated like 0.8 XG or something, which is ridiculous for a centre-back. Of course, that obviously might be a little bit restricted when Cancelo comes in. But the bottom line is invest in Kunde and Lewandowski. They are, for me, the, um, the standout picks at Barcelona. And how much is Lewandowski? Because surely he's quite expensive, right? 10.5. Just as, a, um, as an indication, I think, for the quality of Antwerp, they did qualify with two wins in the qualifiers, 1-0 and 2-1, so 3-1 on aggregate. However, in the Belgian league this year, they played five and currently have six points in the Belgian okay. league. There we go. That's why you listen to this podcast, guys. You get the stats, you get the form, who's injured, what they're doing in the league, everything. Anything from Porto, you might have mentioned it already, but anything from Porto we need to look at. Do not go for um, the four million defender that I refuse to say his name because okay. he trolled me last That's year. That's really, really helpful. It's really helpful that, yeah. So, guys, uh, don't go with the four million defender who we're not going to say his name. His name. Carmo. Um, okay. So, yeah, do not go for him. He doesn't play anymore. He played last season because people will have a look on the game and go, oh, he got 19 points last year. Um no, he was in because other players were injured. Marcano, Cardoso are the centre-backs this year. Pepe has played, but he's I think he's injured again. He, what start the season injured? He's got injured again. Um, so if you wanted to go for one of those, I think Marcano is actually a very good pick at four and a half million. I used he's to play uh, Marcano at school. Um, <laughs> oh. When the Lego wasn't there, I played Marcano. It was good. <laughs> I couldn't afford Macarno, mate. I had hand me down Lego. Now it's the other way around. Lego is the expensive one. Yeah, honestly, yeah. You, I go to the shops and it's like it's like Hogwarts or something, and I'm like, oh, that's cool, it's massive. And then it's like yeah. three hundred quid. I'm like, what? <laughs> it must be it must be adults buying this, like nerdy you adults, could, which is it's fine to be a nerd, to, by the way. But you can afford to see the actual Hogwarts for cheaper. Um, so yeah, Macarno, I think it's a good pick if you did want to go for anyone from Porto. Uh, Galino is the penalty taker. So he's six and a half million midfielder. That's an option. I'd stay away from Tarimi this year. He wanted his move to Milan and his performances have showed that he's been dreadful. Brilliant. Okay, Lewis, anything else to say on Group H before we have a little break and we come back just to round things up? Yeah, I just want to agree with Dan in terms of Riznik. I, I totally see where he's come on, coming from. Uh, four million pound um, goalkeeper on the first night. He's also in my draft as well. So great thinking there, Dan. Um, but yeah, no, I think for four million on the first night, you know, and, and as long as you've got a secure um, goalkeeper on the second day, I think you could just burn that slot off with Riznik. And who knows, he might come away with a massive haul against Porto. Brilliant. Okay, we're going to have a quick break and we'll come back and round things off. Okay, welcome back. Yeah, so just to finish off this episode, let's go. Um, I haven't warned them about this, but what's the key takeaway from Groups E 
to H. So we'll go with Dan first. Dan, what's your key takeaway? As in, if people have just played this podcast like I do sometimes with podcasts, they've switched off, they've just come in at the end. Listen, everyone, grab your attention. This is the headline. Haven't warned him, so we'll edit out the silence while he thinks. Dan, what's the headline or headlines? So I'd say my major takeaways would be try to get as many Barcelona and Man City players as humanly possible uh, within your budget because they face two of the weakest sides in the competition and they are two of the best sides in the competition. I know that is really boring, but just go there. Also remember that you want to be trying to get as many players from this podcast as possible versus the previous podcast so that you have Tuesday night players that you can then rotate out for the Wednesday opposed to being misbalanced the other way around. I do think that Feyenoord, Leipzig, Atletico Madrid are going to offer three good options in terms of differential picks at really reasonable prices to help balance and offset the Man City and Barcelona picks. Although players like Koundé and Akanji for five million each are actually very budget. Brilliant. Thanks for that. And Lewis, what are your takeaways, your key takeaways? Yeah, Dan pretty much nailed it there, to be honest. Barcelona, Manchester City, you're probably looking to go heavy and in on them um, quite early, especially for uh, match day one. And then the likes of Leipzig and Feyenoord, they're probably the places you're going to go for budget options. Um, but yeah, pretty much, pretty much summarised pretty well by Dan there. Brilliant. Thank you very much for your expert knowledge. My takeaways are get as many Newcastle players you can because we're going to absolutely <laughs> dominate the Champions League. No, that's a, that's a joke. Uh, yeah, my major do... takeaway, Ed, is that the first round's on you and Milan. There we go. That's fine. Thank you very much, everyone. We're going to be back in a couple of days with a podcast on our team reveals and chip strategy. See you then. Podcast Network.